This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. In five. Check for sound. Four. It's showtime. Three. Let's two, go. One. Welcome to the Pro Audio Suite, a podcast for audio and voiceover professionals. Don't forget to check us out on our Facebook, the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Now let's get on with the show. From Los Angeles, George Witham. From Chicago, Robert Marshall. From Sydney, Australia, Robbo. And from sunny Melbourne, Andrew Peters. This is the Pro Audio Suite. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. Uh, This one is a follow-up to last week's show where we talked about podcasting and in the interim we managed to get a special guest to join us to talk about a new product that is designed specifically for uh, podcasting. Uh, It is Dan Woodall. He's the marketing director at Rode Microphones and of course you probably heard already about the Rodecaster Pro which is what we're going to talk about. Uh, The normal suspects are online. Robbo in Sydney. Hello. George in LA. Hello, everybody. And also in Sydney is Dan. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hey, thank you. Great to be here. Now, this is a really interesting product, and uh, I was talking to a guy the other day who was just back from NAM. Uh, George, of course, was there as well and can probably testify to this, but he was talking about the amount of gear that's being sold to podcasters, and he hit me with some unbelievable percentage of sales to podcasters. We have seen a big uptick in this category over the last probably three to four years. Rode's been active in the podcasting space since 2004. That's when we launched our first ever podcasting-specific product, the Podcaster, um, which is an in, you know, a, um, a USB microphone. Um, and those products always had a good place. They, you know, they tickled along. Um, but yeah, in about the last three to four years, the sales of podcasting products has really taken off like growth is pretty much exponential over the last four years it's it's been really remarkable and that's obviously we've seen the rise of podcasting across all kinds of channels and the user behavior around listening to podcasts the number of creators who are now um, getting involved and and it's a very democratic media you know it, it doesn't require a lot of skill you don't have to have lots of equipment you don't have to look beautiful um, you know it's very uh, it's very sort of easy to get started and I think that has really driven this huge growth. And of course, you know, as a as a company, we've ridden that wave. But that, in a sense, is where we also came from when we started looking around at, at what were the problems podcasters were having. You know, was the equipment they were using and the microphones that we were already supplying enough or was there gaps and, and were there problems we could solve? And that was really the starting point for the, the Roadcaster Pro. It's a, it's a fantastic device, I have to say, and I know that uh, George is far more technical than I will ever be, and he will have a, an array of questions for you. But uh, it was it seemed to me when I first saw that a stroke of brilliance, just to come up with a, a, such a simple idea that no one else had thought of. Well, it's funny, isn't it? In retrospect, how it, it, it sometimes seems that way. It just seems so obvious. And, and as I said, the, the the kernel of the idea came from the podcasting community themselves. Because they were, you know, buying uh, fairly straightforward solutions—a a microphone, a USB microphone, or possibly an XLR microphone with an interface—and we were selling lots of those. But then they were asking us questions like, "How do I connect two microphones for my podcast? Um, I want to have someone on the phone. How, how do I record a phone interview? Oh, I'd like to put some music in. Is there an easy way I can do that?" And we were sort of trying to find solutions for people, um, looking at the equipment we were selling or options that were out there. They could we could recommend and. 
And it became kind of obvious that there really wasn't anything out there. If you wanted to do what on the face of it seems like pretty simple stuff, I want to have a couple of people and have somebody on the phone and some music, it all gets super hard and you need a lot of equipment and a lot of know-how and it all has to be plugged together. And it was like, wow, you know, these are really reasonable, simple questions people are asking and there isn't a solution. And so we pretty much got, uh, got to work and said, right, well, what are these problems people are having? What might a solution look like? Um, let's start figuring that out. And about 12 months later, the Roadcaster Pro was born. Can you tell me um, what sort of preamps you have inside the... Uh yeah, so that's um, one of the starting points for this whole project, leaving aside the, sort of the, the functionality, the what must it do. Uh, one of the things we were very sure, want to be very sure about is it had to be you know, a, a full, proper broadcast quality unit. You know, the idea here was not to create a, uh, something that was not suitable for the highest levels of podcasters or, or the highest quality levels. So the, um, the preamps in the unit are based on the um, preamps we used in the AI1, our very well-received audio interface we launched earlier last year, uh, with a few tweaks um, to things like the impedance and the gain ranging to make them uh, more suitable for this specific application for podcasting. But they're Class A preamps, um, so they use um, you know, a very clean signal path. Um, and they're servo-biased, which basically means that the, the zero point on, on those is held very, very stable, so you don't get any drift and you don't get any noise being induced in the signal um, from ground. So it keeps the signal very, very clean, um, with a really clean gain structure from the from the from the preamps, so they sound very very nice. They sound very natural and very quiet, and we really wanted that to be the case. You know, we we really believe these things these preamps stand up to you know any of any sort of broadcast quality um, sort of preamp or, or or studio desk that you'd find on the market, um, and we've sort of you know set that up so that you know this unit is very easy to use, but it also offers yeah real broadcast quality. Anyone that hasn't seen the unit so far, um, can you just give us a, a, a quick rundown of exactly what it is? Yeah, sure. It um, it's essentially looks like a, a, I guess, a small mix board or a, a, you know a small console. Um, it has eight faders. They're ten millimeter full throw faders, so they're you know proper um, you know mixer faders, not little sliders. Um, they take up a fair bit of the of the surface. Um, on the right hand side, you've got eight very eye catching um, pads. Um, maybe they're two or three centimetres square. Um, you can hit those, they have coloured lights underneath and you hit those pads to fire off jingles. And then above the faders, there's no sort of, there's not like a lot of buttons and controls and things like you like on a, a regular mixer. We're trying to keep it simple. But above the faders, there is a large touch screen, um, very similar to you know how your phone would look. And uh, that, in obviously, when you're not using it, it just offers you metering and other things. But to control the device, you can use the touchscreen um, to a- access the parameters and set it up. And, and the idea was to make it very easy to use, like a, more like a phone app than a sort of traditional mixer where you have lots of complica- complicated controls. Next to the screen is a big red record button. Now, the unit can record directly to an SD card internally um, or can send audio to your computer to record that way, but you can just literally press the big red button, the light comes on, and you can record directly into the unit. And then next to that, there are independent controls for four headphones. So um, that means all four of your people in the podcast can have separate headphone levels, make it comfortable for everyone. And finally, an output for the uh, for speakers. So if you're running a PA, for example, at a live event, or you want studio speakers, um, you can connect those as well and control the levels. 
So that's kind of what it looks like. And then basically, I suppose the next question that comes is what are all the channels and what can you connect to it? Um, and I guess I can run through those. Do you want me to keep going or, or do you want to ask some questions? Sure, absolutely. absolutely. Okay, well, there's basically there's eight faders and they control all the different sources. And those sources are four microphones. So we have these high quality mic preamps we spoke about already. There's four of those on board. Um, so you can have up to four guests in the studio. Um, and each of those um, four channels has switchable uh, fountain power, for example, if you're using a condenser mic or a dynamic mic. Um, and independently, you can set um, the sort of tone of the voice you're going to be using on each mic and other things. We'll come back to some of the processing in a second. Then you have a USB channel, so you can bring in audio from your computer, whether that's like a, some music or whether that's sound effects or, or um, you know, some sort of playout system, you can bring in audio from the, from, from the PC. And also that's bi-directional, so your whole podcast is sent that way too to record. Then we have two phone connections. We have a TRRS jack, so like an analog connection from your phone. Literally, you just plug in a TRRS cable um, between your phone and the unit and a Bluetooth connection. And I've seen some people assume it's an, this, is an, this is kind of an or. It's not an or, it's an and. There's one TRRS connection and one Bluetooth connection. They're independent. You can use them both at the same time. So you could have two phones connected, one via Bluetooth, one via a cable. Um, and they're set up, again, to be very easy to use. So you can pair your phone, you can plug in the cable... And you can just call someone because both of those channels come set up with mix minus. So the other person on the other end doesn't hear echo um, and it works very easily. So you can just plug them in or pair your phone, call someone or use a communications app or whatever else you want to do for slightly better quality and just talk to people on the phone while you're recording. And then the last fader controls the level of those eight pads, as I said. So you've got these pads where you can fire off music, sound effect, jingles, um, or whatever you, you record. And there's a fader right at the end to, um, to control the levels of those. So those are your kind of eight sources. And then underneath the faders, you've got sort of a cue function. You've got um, like a cut and a, and a listen function, a, a solo. So you can control, you know, while you're on the podcast, you want to check a source or whatever. And those functions only operate in headphone output number one. So if you're the host or the, the operator, you can not disturb your guests when you want to quickly solo uh, a single channel just to check that it's sounding okay in case you think there might be a problem. Um, or queue up something with the fader down. So um, this is all um, this is all achievable just from this very simple, very simple front panel. Where were these panels in our radio days, AP? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I tell you what, would have made life a lot easier what. than it actually was. That's for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's very. I, lo- I love the clean design of it. It's because I've been adapting the use of you know all the different radio or not radio, but music production boards for voiceover and there's too many darn knobs and switches and buttons and I have to basically almost tape them all down so people don't mess them up. So it's I love that everything, you know, the vast majority of it's kind of hidden inside. Um, I think that's a really great thing. I was actually going to say to you, George, in, in what you do in setting up, you know, mostly voiceover booths and stuff for people in their homes, this would surely have application there too, would it not? I mean, if you want clients to phone in for, to directing sessions or, you know, you want to patch in Source Connect or blah, 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 surely that would be useful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I love the Mix Minus built in for the um, T- TRRS connection to the phone. And the ability to use Bluetooth also as a mix minus is really cool because I've seen devices with Bluetooth, but they're usually only an input. So the fact that this is an input in and out back to the phone is really, you know, 
no, it's almost, I don't think anybody else is doing that yet. And mm-hmm. I've been looking at compact, affordable, quote unquote, broadcast mixers for home studios. And, you know, they're generally well over $1,000 um, and much larger than you need. So this is a really cool niche product that I, I think I could adapt to voiceover studios too. There you go. But as I said, we've had very good uh, feedback uh, on the quality of those of those preamps, um, and similarly to the to the previous iteration, the AI one interface we, we we saw before. And a lot of people, it's it's a question which comes up again and again every time you announce a product for podcasters. You know, everyone says, "Oh, the Shure SM77, it's going to be, it won't be enough gain. It's not going to be loud enough. Um, you need a cloud lifter, or you need a, an external, you know, whatever it is. All these extra gadgets and things." And um, and it's funny because all the people saying that in the early days were um, who hadn't really hadn't used the product. You know, it was like this kind of assumption that this was going to be necessary because that's often the case with prosumer or lower level equipment. And everybody who's now got one, and I've seen this, all these videos over YouTube, and it's just they have their mic plugged in and it works just great. Um, you know, so we tested this thing with pretty much every broadcast microphone that we could lay our hands on um, when we were putting it together. Uh, to make sure that there was enough gain in there, that the quality was good, the noise was levels were, were, were good. So we're pretty confident that this product will deliver what you need, um, you know, in your booth or, or on your podcast. We in VoiceOver have a you know a different use case for the computer's USB return signal, um, whereas for podcasting, you probably want to be able to play back something from the computer and record it. And in in VoiceOver, we often have to use the computer as a phone patch using Skype, Zoom, whatever it is, even Source Connect. So that's a different kind of mix minus where you have to send them clean audio so they can hear you. You want to hear them, but you don't want to record them. So is that where the the green ear cue button would come into play? You just keep the USB channel on cue? Not exactly. The, U, the, this, the USB channel doesn't have a mix minus. So, um, and the reason for that is because the unit is set up right now for um, stereo recording and the USB output is only one USB connector on the device and the USB output is going to the PC and recording the whole podcast. It's not creating a mix minus. Um, That said, we do have um, a lot of ideas and uh, feature requests and so on for this product. And we are launching um, more software. We are launching upgrades and changes to the functionality um, through the whole of 2019. Uh, the first big upgrade that will come is later this month we'll be launching a multi-track firmware, which oh, will allow cool. you to record each of the channels separately. Now, we didn't do that initially. And to be honest, it's a feature which is asked for a lot by the kind of audio nerd community. Um, right. But the actual, the, a lot of the podcasters out there they don't really want that. You know, they don't want us to spend two hours slaving over a multi-track edit after they've made their podcast. <laughs> what they wanted was something to make a, you know, they want to sit down with their things, get their material organized, get their jingles onto the pads or whatever, and then just do their thing and have it ready to go up on, on their podcast drive. channel. <laughs> exactly. Um, but that said, we did get a lot of feedback about that, and it was always a capability of the hardware, um, and we didn't want to overcomplicate it, especially at launch. That that multi-track uh, capability is coming in February. That said, we will then start looking at a whole range of new, other new features which we can add. Um, and we've got a lot of feedback and, uh, and suggestions and so on and so forth. 
And I'd say probably the two next sort of most commonly asked for features is USB mix minus. So you can use that USB channel, yeah, for uh, taking calls or for working in that way you describe where you want to send, you know, full quality, full digital stream audio, but back to, to someone, but as a mix minus, not, not the whole mix. Um, and then the other thing is actually being able to organize the contents of the SD card without having to take it out. Now, I can't promise that those two things are about to happen. Uh, you know, we're looking at lots of other things and we're looking at things we can do. But, you know, what I can say is we are developing new firmware for this, you know, throughout 2019. And neither of those two things are technically super difficult to do. So I think there's a pretty good chance those will come later in the year. Um, cool. And when will the self-editing software be released so I don't have to sit down and edit my podcast now? It will just do it for me. Oh, yeah, look, the AI algorithm for, you know, figuring out which bits are worth keeping and which yeah, aren't right. and cutting out yeah. all the boring stuff. Yeah, this that, guy swore yeah, that, there, that, better that's beat almost, that out. That's almost you know? finished, yeah. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be bringing that out pretty pretty soon, yeah. yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be revolutionary. We're gonna, a lot of much shorter podcasts is going to be the... <laughs> you wouldn't make too much money out of that, I'm sure. Well, this, <laughs> this, this new form factor for making hardware where all the switching completely is internally done, you know, in DSP... Is it is pretty awesome now because with firmware updates you can add some pretty major overhauls to the to the equipment. I mean, you're only limited by you know the connectors and switches on the thing and the and the faders, and then what you can squeeze into that screen. It seems seems you can do a lot. There's a lot of horsepower under the under the hood in this thing for sure. And it's funny one of the one of the things we really battle with uh, when we're talking about all these new features is how to keep it simple. Because the heart of the product was something that a podcaster, who's not a technical person, can just take this thing out of the box, plug a microphone in, put their SD card in, press just a handful of buttons, maybe only maybe two buttons, and start recording a podcast um, and have that podcast sound great. Now, this is something we don't want to lose sight of. And there's a big risk that we'll get all excited because they're all audio nerds here as well, and we'll throw in all these cool audio features um, and all of a sudden, you know, it, there's a whole class of users who will suddenly find it difficult. And it's how to introduce these features in a way that keeps it simple and makes it, um, you know, not difficult for those people who just want to use it in its sort of more, you know, in a more standard configuration, but still has the opportunity or the capability that, that the more advanced users want. And we're really, really focused on this. And Half the battle or half the job in creating these new features is not the the DSP programming, you know, that's part of it. But it's as hard, I would say, to figure out how to present that to the user, how to make it so it's easy to use, how to make it so it doesn't confuse someone who doesn't even know what multi-track recording is. How do we do that in a way that doesn't get people, you know, head-scratching and pressing things and then you're not recording what they expect or or things not happening the way they want. And this is, this is a big challenge and something we're very focused on um, because you know, we, we, we think we've done a touch wood, quite a good job in keeping this thing sounding great, having lots of advanced features, but being very easy to use. And it would be such a shame if at this point we suddenly started overloading it with complicated features that just yeah, took, it, took it to a different place. I think you've absolutely nailed it there. And, and I wonder, listening to you say that, and, and totally agreeing that I think, you know, you need to keep it simple, but then these, you're going to have the more advanced users. Is it, is it, does it become like a, an avid sort of Pro Tools product where you've got a lower end all the way up to a higher end, depending on what 
you know, functions, software, blah, blah, blah you want? Or do you think it will just stay as one box? Oh, look, the, the, the conversations here go, go lots of different directions. But, um, you know, and there's lots of ideas and plans. And, and, and as you know, Road is a company that moves pretty quickly and, and loves to develop new things. Um, but as far as this unit goes, we're very. This is a, this was designed for podcasting. It was designed to make this easy. It was designed to enable anyone to make a great sounding podcast, and that's what this will continue to be. So if there's if there's if there's a place where this will stay, that was that is that is where it will be. Um, and again, there's a, we don't want to get too you know, distracted by adjacencies and oh, we could do video or oh, we could make, do recording. <laughs> it's kind of it's for podcasters, you know. Yeah. And there's, a, there's and there's a particular community of those, and there's a particular things that they need, and, that, and that's really where we're focused. With um, just as an aside, with um, with your sort of dedication to podcasters, do you find that you're getting some clients who are now starting to become glued on for that reason? Because there's not many other people out there who are sort of specifically targeting podcasters with products are there certainly this in this in there's a, there's a few microphones out there but no you're right there's um it, it, it seems like an underserved kind of uh, community which is which is a real shame but i think it's in part because they're not the audio nerds you know what i mean they're they're not the the people who are watching youtube channels of how to you know of, of microphone shootouts and you know sort of you know unboxing videos for <laughs> For high-end audio gear, and um, and in a, and I suppose that was the other sort of insight that we had. You know, it just these people are not they're not necessarily the ones we're talking to at the moment. Do you know what I mean? They're not the people who are liking us on Facebook because they're not audio people. And um, and we are we are finding now we're engaging with that community in a different way. We're much more talking about content. You know, how to make a great podcast. You know, worry less about the technology and worry more about you know how to do great podcasting and how we can help you do that. And I think that's really what that community wants. You know, they, they, they don't want to be to learn about decibels. They, they want to learn about making great content, you know. Yeah. So how does the gain get set? Is it done through the touchscreen? And uh, is there an auto gain setting mode where it will measure your voice level and then set the gain for you? Yeah, look, it's very simple. So when you select, uh, when you plug a microphone in, most of the major road models are there as presets. Um, so cool. you can just, you know, I've plugged in a Procaster or a pod mic and I can select that on the screen. That will set the unit up for that uh, device in terms of the sort of normal gain range you might want. And obviously things like phantom power on and off and it'll do some tweaks to sort of some of the processing settings. Then from there, there's, a, there's another, and the funny thing is that's 99% of the times is enough. You know, people speaking voice volume doesn't vary a huge amount. Do you know right. what I mean? And then you've got some compression in there too, which will just, you know, sort of, you know, help a, help to pull it up or down. Um, then, it, that you know, if that's not quite right and not enough, there's another very simple screen where you can go and you can check the level. And it is just, you know, there's a, there's a very simple meter. It's not marked in decibels or anything kind of complex. It just shows you this is where you need to be um, in terms of speaking. And it's just a very simple uh, sort of tab where you can tab up, tab down, um, just to you know, if you, if you have a particularly strong or particularly soft voice, um, just to just to you know add it or re- or remove any gain uh, that you might need. Very cool. I mean, that's 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 straightforward. It, I, I mean, it's very clear that this product has a very laser focus, and and you know, we we in the voiceover world, I know for particularly from my perspective, I've had designs in my mind, and I've I've surveyed my my community about the design of the perfect product for the voiceover audience. And this is getting close. Like, you know, and it, again, it's not for the voiceover audience in particular, but it certainly could do the job. Um, no problem. And I think when you guys have that mix minus thing figured out, it's going to be a, a real no-brainer, I think, for someone that wants something really clean looking, 
and not overbearingly complicated with with features. Um, you know, I think it's it's going to have. There's going to be some people that want this thing in, in my world of voiceover. What would you use the hotkeys for, George? Could you program in like you know double rate for that one? <laughs> right. Is that what you'd program I in? I think you wanted the first take, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I would. I mean, I could seriously see there being like a a beep tone or like a tone. So when you make an error, you know, yep. make a instead of having to do a dog clicker, you know, hey, thing, nice. You would just yeah, there you tap go. a yeah, yeah, good idea. Make a beep. Um, yeah. That could be a useful. Fee. I mean, there's there's interesting things you could do. Do you need those buttons for for my world? No, but I think once you have no. them, you might go. Well, here's a cool idea. I didn't think of this. <laughs> this is actually yeah. Really let's awesome. have some fun. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You could actually have takes. You know, like uh, take one. once for one take. Take two. Yeah, yeah. You can do that kind of yep. stuff. Yeah. How can you have your slate, George Whittem, recorded by somebody else, and you would just tap it. <laughs> you could have some fun yeah, Dan the other thing you could add is a beer button so you know when you're you know, halfway through the session it's like oh fuck this is going on forever hit the beer button and you know little draws a draws a schooner or a, you know to his new off the tap or something like that <laughs> the, our new product guys just just near where I'm sitting here I'll, I'll, I'll put that one on the whiteboard the ultimate, for them when I go out and, and, yeah, and you rename sure. it you, you <laughs> rename it the ultimate studio assistant <laughs> beer yeah Funny, funny you should say that. Actually, just on, on a different on a different topic that relate that reminds me when we when we were um, just getting ready, just literally about to start shipping this product uh, back in uh, in in November, we uh, we had to decide what sounds to load by default onto those pads because we sort of it was actually quite last minute. We suddenly realised about a week out from them literally being put in boxes and going onto a truck. Was like, ah, we should we should have some default sounds. It's silly to send these things out just with nothing on them. Um, so we uh, got in touch with a, a good friend of ours, Rick Veers from uh, from Blastwave FX, um, who obviously has these big sound libraries. Said, "Rick, Rick, help us! We need some sound effects." And he sent a whole bunch of really cool sounds over. And we just literally sat here for about uh, an hour, and this actually in this very room, uh, discussing or listening to all these crazy noises and wondering what were the right ones to put on. And one of the ones that was was almost on there but didn't quite make it was a champagne cork popping followed by the sound of pouring. You know that that kind of thing. Um, go to anyway, yeah. yeah. So they, we all, so we almost got the beer button on there um, when it shipped, right. but I think we ended up with a harp or some other noise instead. But <laughs> right. So so out of interest, what did you go with? What what is on there? Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, wow. Now you test my memory. There was uh, there's a music sting. Um, we put on there just as a bit of a sort of a background sort of music bed. Um, there was some applause, cheering. I think. Um, there was crickets, um, you know, for the um, uh, for the moments when it doesn't quite go well. Uh, yeah. There was a, a sort like of a Twilight Zoney type sort of type sounder like thing. Everything's gone a bit weird. And there was a sort of a, a harp kind of, you know, sort of, you know, f- sort of, you know, flashback kind yeah. of noise, like a gliss. Um, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was that it? Have I, is that, is I done, have I done? Have I done all eight now? I feel there like there was one. Yeah, there was one. Um, there's one that goes. Wah, 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 I think. Oh, the sad <laughs> trombone. Yeah. I'll yeah, send you all those sound effects, and you can you can put them in. You can drop them into this podcast afterwards, uh, in appropriate yeah. moments. <laughs> now, before uh, before we wind up the podcast, this podcast interview, you've got a uh, a huge competition going on at Road, which we should give a big plug to because uh, there's a lot of cash and stuff up for grabs. Yeah. So uh, once we got the launch of this uh, this 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 great product uh, out the way, and we had it in the stores, we wanted to do something to celebrate uh, podcasting, and so we um, are running a podcast competition, the My Roadcast competition, and basically we're inviting anyone to submit uh, a podcast, uh, a very short, between oh, one and two minutes. Um, so a bit of a challenge there. <laughs> oh, I know. Just like, how you can make that work. Um, 
But if you go to myroadcast.com, you can see all the instructions and you can just um, yeah, upload your podcast there. Um, and there's some amazing prizes. So um, we have a team of, we've assembled a team of expert judges who will, who will go through all the podcasts and choose a winner and a runner-up. And um, we also have a People's Choice Prize. So we have a voting mechanism. So not just, uh, it's not just about the one our judges pick, but also which one uh, the people like. Um, and the prize is we have a full podcasting studio. So we have all the equipment from Rode you would like. So the Rodecaster Pro, of course, in the heart of it. But also we have the new pod mics, we have the PSA1 studio arms and the new cables and all the accessories. Um, then we have a bunch of other exciting things. We have some headphones from Urban Ears and we have some acoustic room treatment from um, Prime, Prime Acoustic um, to help deaden your space. And we have some sound effects from Blastwave FX. We have some Adobe software, the Creative Cloud subscription. We have a subscription to schoolofpodcasting.com to help you sort of get, get to grips with you, with you with podcasting. And we have some storage uh, from Angelbirds, uh, some uh, some um, removable storage to help sort of you know catalog and store your podcasts. So we literally have an entire podcasting production studio up for grabs um, for all of those prizes. So yeah, get involved. Um, you know, create a short podcast. It could be a special mini episode. It could be an excerpt from your existing show. It could be kind of a trailer or a bit of a kind of you know a compilation of the good bits of something you've done before. Get it uploaded, and yeah, maybe you'll be in the winning for some great prizes. George, I'll, nice. I'll cut you a min- I'll cut you two minutes out of this interview. George, it sounds like you're looking to enter. <laughs> well, heck, of course. <laughs> we got to make a super cut for uh, the entry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Dan, welcome to the show. Uh, and that's it for this week. That would be about our, yeah, the highlights right. of this <laughs> week. Intro, outro, our show, done. wouldn't it? <laughs> no, I think what we do is we just have that. P- segment where you talk about the competition that's our podcast you yes. win surely <laughs> there you go oh i don't know well there's a problem there because the the, the 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 competition rules state that an employee of road can't enter i don't know whether whether me speaking Ooh. would would, would put you in you know, i'd have to i'd have to consult with the judges there about whether uh well over that was we'll uh, overdub you. acceptable <laughs> there you go <laughs> but anyway check out the competition it's uh, it's myroadcast.com that's and it's my road r-o-d-e cast.com Okay, and so just by the um, judging by the contents of the prize, you may have answered this question. But if someone walked up to you at a dinner party and said, um, "I'm about to start podcasting. I've got fifteen hundred to two grand to spend on getting myself set up, and I'm going to buy all road gear," what would be your recommendations then? Looks super easy, and you don't even need to spend that much. That's the most amazing thing. Um, you need a Rodecaster Pro. Um, you need uh, how, uh, some microphones. How, how many depends on how many people you're expecting in your podcast, of course. But the new pod mic um, is our new dynamic broadcast mic, um, which we've just uh, launched, um, which is at a very, very good price um, and is an amazing product. So one, two, three, or four of those. Um, and you'd need some uh, mic stands, uh, whether little desk stands or the boom arms, which we also sell. And then you're done. That's it. That's all you need. Um, and that whole rig... Um, it depends where you are in the world, but that whole rig could easily come in under a thousand dollars US. Um, so you know that's pretty amazing. That is good. But don't isn't forget, it? you know, for other people, other people who are listening, who might be interested in setting up a podcast. There, there are other podcasting solutions. If you go to our website, um, you'll find we have a bit of a solution chooser to help because you know, for some people, you know, a single USB microphone is all you need. A single USB microphone and some creativity and a great idea, and you could be a you know, you, you you could be a champion podcaster too. Mm. So there is, you know, really can be you know, there's solutions for for everyone. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, there are podcasts out there I've heard that have gotten into the hundreds of episodes that never really make 
improvements to their audio. And I guess for some people that works for their audience, they don't seem to care that much. But to have to listen to something that's recorded in an echoey room with a laptop mic or something like that is not not pleasant from the listener's standpoint. You know, you it, to have at least clean, direct audio without, you know, that, that where the listener can hear your voice focused without a lot of reflections and background noise is doing your audience a huge favor. I mean, it's almost to me, it's like you're respecting your audience when you give them good sound quality. You know, it shows that you're yeah. not looking to do the very bare minimum. Um, I, I, you know, and this, this thing's going to make that really easy to do. I'm looking at the manual, not the manual, but I'm looking at some screenshots and the fact that you're including Aphex processing, is that a partnership you guys have had for a long time with Aphex or did that come up just for this product? No, well, in more than a partnership, um, Aphex is part of the Friedman group oh, yeah. of companies. So um, Rode Microphones is the is, is sort of the one everyone, you know, is the main brand, but we have actually have a range of different brands that sit underneath the Friedman Group umbrella. So Aphex is one of them, Event Electronics, the, the monitor speaker company, and also Soundfield, the, the ambisonic mic company, and, and there's also a few others. Um, so yeah, so the Aphex thing, we, we, we sell Aphex products um, from here. You know, we, we manage and sell them directly from the office I'm sitting in now. Um, and so it was just like a, a really obvious thing to put that in. In fact, that was something Peter Friedman himself was very keen on. Um, you know, he was saying, you know, we have this technology, we own the IP to this, we own this company. Um, let's not just, you know, keep selling these $1,000 units to studios. You know, let's make this available to, to more people and let's put those, um, those algorithms into this product and give people those iconic kind of, you know, sounds for their podcast, you know. I love it. I mean, uh, you know, without trying to read the tea leaves too much, and I know that you're trying to keep this product focused on, you know, podcasters and not recording engineers, do you think there'd be a possible ability to adjust the parameters on any of the processing, or do you think they're going to really try to keep it focused and not get too complicated? Uh, it's a big question. I, yeah. I think it's too early to say right now exactly what will happen. But but what's interesting, I think, even now is, is, is seeing, as with any new piece of equipment, there's obviously that very clear target audience for it. But we're already seeing people start to use them in all sorts of different contexts, in all kinds of creative ways. Um, you know, you can record audio directly onto the pads um, yeah, from the unit. You don't have to. You, you, don't, you can just drag sound files across from your PC, but you can actually record stuff. And we've seen all these innovative things that people actually record, sort of recording audio while they're broadcasting or while they're streaming, and then subsequently firing it off and creating these sort of mon- sound montages. And people using it for video vlogging. And it's amazing how you know the creative community grabs hold of this stuff and just starts finding new and interesting ways to. To, to, to you know to, to create content and I suppose you know over the rest of the year as, as we see more and more of these use cases emerge and more and more interesting things happen there's yeah, I don't know, who knows anything yeah. any, anything is possible um, we will um, we'll be keeping a close eye on on the market and listening very carefully to our customers and users because that's a very important part of what we do um, and yeah we will you know do our best to make sure we offer people what they need and what they want. Well, I, I'm very much looking forward to having my hands on one. I will shortly, thanks to uh, one of your colleagues here in SoCal, Southern California here. Um, I'll have ones very soon and put it through its paces and certainly record one one of the episodes of the show, at least my mic here <laughs> here in LA, um, through the Pro, Procaster. I mean, I mean, I've been using, oh, I'm sorry, the Rodecaster, my apologies. I've been using an old signal chain for it's old digital tech from Roland from years and years ago. And, uh, 
but it's just been working. And I'd love to see how the default settings on this that are set up on here sound and compare to what I'm already doing. It could just be a swap in and nobody will have a clue. I'm using a different signal chain, so I can't wait to try it out. Yeah, you have to let us know how you get on. Be very interested to hear your feedback. Certainly will. Beautiful. Well, that was uh, an enlightening uh, podcast, and mm. hopefully we win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> time we do the edit. Um, <laughs> Got to thank you, Dan, for uh, spending your time. I know it's um, an hour out of your day, and you're obviously extremely busy there at Rode. So um, congratulations on a fantastic product. It looks excellent. And if anyone's into podcasting, certainly check it out, the Rodecaster Pro. Uh, until then, I think we've done the show and uh, we should get out of here. What do you reckon, chaps? Over and out. Good night, then. That was the Pro Audio Suite. If you have any questions or ideas for a show, let us know via our Facebook, the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. You look for trouble.